Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 118. The crew is with you, as always. Chaz, joined by Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What's up, Richard? What's up, guys? What's up? Seth, probably better known as Saffron, all of our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator for Magic the Gathering. Seth, what's up? What's going on, guys? It's awesome. Uh, Chaz, as always, a uh, general content creator for Magic the Gathering, focusing on the financial side. You can find us on Google, uh, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. So hello to everyone on YouTube. And that was Google Play. Um, I'm just going to jump right into it. We have a lot to talk about. We have kind of a little bit of time constraints. Uh, everyone's kind of doing certain things. So we have a ton of announcements that we're going to touch on, uh, each of them briefly. So Ixalan, the October set was revealed. Uh, as well as Hascon, Iconic Masters, and Commander 2017 was revealed to be uh, Tribal. That's pretty much what we know for that. So we're going to touch on each of those. Then we're going to go into BNR announcements. Uh, we have pre-release talk and then some fish mail. So a lot of different things to get to. Uh, we're going to touch on everything. But first, we're going to start on the Amonkhet pre-release. Uh, Seth is actually going to be streaming that later today uh, on MTGO, so check that out. Uh, but for now, uh, <laughs> Richard and I hit the paper pre-releases, so why don't you just uh, jump right in with your experience first, Richard? Uh, it was the best pre-release I've been to, and possibly the best Magic I've played in a really long time. And so I, I've like 180, because last podcast, I was like, ah, I wasn't really feeling Almond Cat, the flavor's off, blah, blah, blah. But when I actually played it, it was pretty sweet. Uh, the the gold foiled packs, the the treasure chest thing, uh, even the little embalmed things. They're so gimmicky, but they're fun. You know, just tearing out the little stickers and putting them on your cards. Uh, that's where I'm at magic now, tearing off little things and sticking them on cards. But it was really fun, and I've I've come around on white zombie mummies. They're they're pretty sweet. The embalm mechanic is really cool. Uh, exert really cool. Uh, there's a lot of intricate gameplay with the new mechanics so i really enjoyed that and of course i opened a gideon so i was happy so uh all around probably the the best and most flavorful pre-release i've been to in in a while so i i've enjoyed it and i really appreciate wizards stepping up their game for these pre-releases yeah i'm gonna piggyback on everything richard said i think it was one of the most successful pre-releases i've been to in quite some time and i mean i've started a uh, long time ago. Uh, I mean, just from, <laughs> like Richard said, the little perforated cards were actually super helpful uh, to the deck box that your cards came in. was actually really well done, well-crafted. I I'm, I'm probably will actually use them to store cards. So they were really well done, um, better than even the ones prior to this. And, and like Richard was uh, kind of alluding to, there was a ton of great gameplay, little intricate uh, synergies that even down to like commons and uncommons and just everything throughout the set actually felt really good, like really good. Um, there's all these little like synergies that I loved playing um, with certain cards. I'll get into that uh, more specifically, but everyone had a really good time. Uh, I felt all the mechanics were pretty good. Uh, there were some cards that were pretty strong. Um, uh, I'll talk on that more, but um I liked Embalm, I liked the minus one, minus one counter theme, and taking off minus one, minus one counters was actually like really sweet, gave you a lot of different uh, uh, decisions to make, and yeah, uh, I didn't pull absolute trash this time, so it was great. I pulled a Foil Mentor, 
and a Gideon. And from my prize packs, I pulled two Oketra and a Liliana Death's Majesty. So I was like, what? <laughs> you made out like a bandit there. Yeah. I was like, wow. I think I it, like, it was all. Badly. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I didn't open that badly this time. You got like all the best possible cards in the <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no, well, I, what I was getting to was not a single – I didn't go to the bigger stores, but uh, we had a pretty decent turnout. There was uh, 16 and then uh, I think 20 and no invocations whatsoever. Not a single one that I saw from prize packs, not anyone from the pre-release boxes, not a single one, not even like a dispel. Nothing. So, so I guess since you didn't see an invocation in real life, what did you think from all of the posts on social media? Uh, my impression was they looked way better in real life than uh, you know the the preview gallery from Wizards, and people were happy with them. The legibility is still an issue, but you know the the big, thick, ugly frames wasn't as much of an issue in real life. Yeah, uh, from what I generally heard, even amongst players too, was uh, up close and personal, having them in your hand, they felt a lot better. Um, like I said, yeah, like you just said, the, the legibility, even the art being a little smaller was still kind of an issue with some folks. But overall, in person, they are really not as bad as uh, people were were saying when they were looking at like a JPEG image. I mean, it's going to be a lot different uh, experience. So they felt really good in person from what I saw and from what I've heard. I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> my, my, my Seth is still a hater. Seth is still a hater. <laughs> no, I, I liked him from the beginning, actually. So I expect that if they look even better, then I will still like them because I've liked them since they were spoiled. Uh, for me, I want to ask you guys, my pre-release is coming up in a couple hours here on Moto. I heard from a lot of people that the limited format was pretty slow, but it was really fun. So discounting your opens and all that stuff, how did you find the format itself? So based on my great sample size of three matches, it's <laughs> the best limited I've played in quite a while. Uh, all of the matches were epic. You, you have powerful cards, but none are so powerful that you can't come back. For example, Exert is crazy good. But there are ways to play around it. Uh, you know, there's the aftermath cards bring a lot of power to the set. Uh, the embalm cards bring a lot of power. Basically, half the stuff has flashback in the set. So the cards are really powerful. And there's a lot of strategy in determining whether or not you need to exert something. And there's a lot of strategy in trying to save your removal or your exiling effects from embalm. So actually, I felt it was the most fun gameplay I've ever had. And I had the most epic matches ever. Uh, I've the last round, the first game took 50 minutes. Uh, basically, my opponent had a turn three Oketra's Monument that lets you make a 1-1 token every time you cast a creature. And I had a turn three Gideon. And we went the entire game at a stalemate. I was just plusing Gideon every turn. Uh, he was just playing creatures and making tokens. And I was trying to deck him because I couldn't get through all his tokens. And he actually killed me for Exaxes uh, on the turn he would have decked. So he had no cards in the library. And it was just an epic match. And then game two, we had five minutes. I, I sided into a more aggro build to try to kill him. And I played a pacifism. So there's a pacifism where you can sacrifice the creature to gain two life. Uh, turns out that downside is pretty real because I got him down to one life. 
and uh, and then he stabilized, and then uh, we drew, which meant he he won the match. But you know, the game was super close. Uh, every match I had was super close, so I really enjoyed it, and I felt there's a lot of gameplay uh, to this limited format. Yeah, so from my experience, uh, you're going to have to put to bed your hatred of Aftermath cards, Seth, because uh, they're really good <laughs> in, the, in this format. Uh, oh, save for a couple of them, limited, uh, a yes, lot of them limited. are really good. I, I, I yeah. expect them to be very good and limited. <laughs> yeah, okay. I still hate them. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I know I that. I was just they're probably making good a limited. joke, but yeah. I'm sure you know that, but yeah, I mean, uh, even going off what Richard said, I mean, there's just a ton of awesome little interactions, like between exerting a lot of the uh, the creatures, like Crocodile of the Crossing. Obviously, I, I, I mean, could be standard playable is like really good, but even it, it's even beyond that. Even um, what was the other one? It's like uh, the ornery kudu. Like, there's just a bunch of like the the one mana O three. The uh, the snake herbalist is like a one-two. There's just so many places to put a minus one, minus one counter. It's basically free rolling a five-four haste or a three-four for three, like no problem, like no drawback. So there's like all these tons of little things to be doing. My MVP card of the night was not Gideon. It was actually <laughs> the six mana six seven hexproof. Yeah, that thing was nuts. <laughs> uh, so by we so match one, I had a Gideon mirror. Me and my opponent both played Gideon, but I had the six seven hexproof, which couldn't be plus one by his <laughs> Gideon. So I had that, and then the cartouche to give it trample, and I just went to town with my seven seven or seven eight uh, trample hexproof guy. <laughs> was was Gideon good? You both opened Gideon. Gideon's right? okay. I I have a lot more faith that he's balanced. Gideon actually turns out to be this weird. Oblivion Ring gain 10 life card. Because he doesn't have an ultimate, you don't really just win with Gideon. You're just like a big nuisance locking down their biggest threat and you know gaining either 10 or 20 life as a giant fog as they actually try to kill Gideon. He's okay. He, he's like pretty good and limited, but uh, basically like an Obnixilus type Planeswalker is much stronger. And a 4-4 body is not that relevant in limited because they play a 5-5 and then you're stonewalled. So I, I have faith that he'll be somewhat balanced in standard and modern uh, because there's no ultimate. You can plus one all you want, and uh, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's just stalling out the game. You can't finish it. So it makes the three-mana Planeswalker effect a lot more balanced. Yeah, uh, Liliana was much more powerful. Uh, I only got to play against it one time, but it was it was pretty much over after a few turns of uh, reanimating specific targets, uh, just create clogging up the board with two twos. Uh, it was it was hard to fight back, but I, I think Richard really kind of nailed is that like not any one card just auto ends the game. Like there's a lot of different cards and powerful cards that can still bring a game, you know, pretty late and kind of there's still avenues to win even though they get a strong card. You'll have fun, Seth. <laughs> uh, <I'm> <laughs> You'll have fun. I think spiky players will have a lot of fun because the cards yeah. are very powerful. Yeah. And then other fl other players will love it too because it's actually quite flavorful when you play it. Richard, what did you think of the uh, the cartouche uh, trial, uh, that whole uh, interaction? I thought it was actually pretty good for the most part. A few of them uh, didn't f quite feel worth it. Like uh, cartouche of solidarity is really gr great, but like trial of solidarity is not so good. But it doesn't really matter which cartouche you use with which trial. But a, a couple of them felt really good. A couple of them not so good. 
Uh, but all the cartouches were great. They were all really good because, well, yeah. the ones I played were really good because I had yeah. the two mana edict one and then the yeah, three mana good. four two. So those are fine cards on their own. And then my cartouche was the fight one or the trial. I forgot which one's which. But the one that bounces them all was the fight card. So mine were all playable by themselves. And the extra synergy was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, craziest card. I mean, you only played three matches, right? Or three yeah, rounds. Cra- the what, best card in the format is probably outside of like Liliana. It's probably Glorybringer. Yeah, that thing's crazy. You, you, <laughs> you need say. you need a removal spell immediately, or you're gonna die. <laughs> um, I only had it happen once, but it it was successful. I mean, there were so many different ways people could go about it. So I literally it dragged out. It was like a I think they were playing blue green. It was a ramp list. And it got to Sandworm Convergence, and I lost. Like, I literally couldn't stop a 5-5 every turn. It was just, uh, yeah, I was like, that's how that's supposed to happening? work. Yeah, I was like, this is really going to happen. And I was like, okay, pretty sweet. Uh, but uh, other than that, yeah, I went green both both times. Defiant Great Maw is just too good. I, I just couldn't pass up a 3-mana 4-5 just because it plays so well with so, so many other cards. Like, you ping down your channel initiate. You just put more counters back on it so you can keep using mana. Uh, you can play a second Great Maw to put counters on itself to remove counters from something else, making it a lot better. It, there was just a lot of different things you can do. Like, I, I put... I think at one point, I had a Soul Scar Mage that I put the, the enchantment... Uh, I can't remember which one it is, Richard. The one red, plus three, plus three, but it gets a minus one, minus one counter every turn. Oh, the unstable mutation? Yeah, yeah that thing's nuts. Um, so I would just, after two turns, just play a Defiant Great Maw, put the counters on itself, remove it from the Soul Scar Mage. And then, like, other really crazy interactions, um, like, I would have a Soul Scar Mage, and then i put in, like, a Singleton um, Volley of Arrows. What was that one? Blazing Volley, effectively just giving them all, all their creatures a minus one, minus one counter. And I actually, so someone actually, I guess, sided a board, uh, a card in, so I couldn't do that again. Uh, it was the, anyway, totally stonewalled my plan because, uh, what was the enchantment? The one that gives you scarabs? So I was like, I don't want to give him like five scarabs right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many things to do. You're going to have a lot of fun, Seth. It was a lot of fun. So, and one last thing before we move on, uh, color fixing was actually really good in this set. You have evolving wilds, you have the shimmering grotto desert thing, uh, you have all the cycle lands, uh, you have mana dorks that tap for any color of mana. Uh, so I actually managed to play four colors because none of my colors were deep enough, and not once did I have mana troubles. So I managed to pull that off. So the the cycle lands are especially good because uh, you can always cycle them. So. I really like the color fixing. So I think all of these just make the, the format a great format. Yeah. Uh, I went three colors, no problem. Turns out Naga uh, Vitalist and the Shimmering Grotto, you got yourself a pretty awesome reflecting pool uh, <laughs> mimic. Yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had that right too. there. It actually yeah, it worked really awesome. well because then you can also Evolving Wilds, fetch a land. The land comes into play tapped, but then it activates your creature. Right. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, moving on, so a ton of announcements. Uh, can't wait to your stream later, Seth. I will actually tune in. Uh, hopefully everyone tunes in too because it was it's going to be a lot of fun and Seth makes everything a lot of fun too. So <laughs> can't wait to see what you come up with. Uh, but on to the announcements. So we got Hascon. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. BNR. Oh, right. 
we okay we so bnr first yeah bnr first the big changes the big the lack change. of changes <laughs> lack of changes yeah um that seems most pertinent so re- released today uh no changes in standard no changes in modern sensei's divining uh, divining top is banned divining top is banned in legacy Jataxian probe is restricted in vintage and gush is also restricted in vintage thoughts gentlemen man i'm so disappointed (laughs) i i'm so disappointed uh standard i have very little faith and hopefully i'm pleasantly surprised and amicat makes everything awesome but i have very little faith that anything's gonna change in standard now so i'm kind of just dreading at least another what six weeks two months until there's another bnr of mardu vehicles versus copycat i expect that that's what the pro tour will be i expect that that's just uh, the things continue how they have been which is disappointing because amincat looks really sweet and i was hoping that maybe some of the cool new cards would have a chance to really make an impact on standard but i have very little hope that that'll happen now Richard, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Standard. So we, we had six players for standard on Friday. <laughs> uh, the other 150 or whatever were there for uh, pre-release and modern and stuff. So uh, standard is struggling, and I like what Wizards is doing. They're going back to the hands-off approach. They basically said, we don't know what's going to go on, so we're not doing anything, and we'll let the players sort it out which is the attitude I like, and I can't complain that they're going back to that. So I just hope the cards in Amonkhet are powerful enough to shake it up. Uh, I suspect we'll have the same thing, because we don't see strong enough threats in Amonkhet. We see strong answers, but if you need to play a threat, which you do because you need to win the game, you're probably going to play the threats from Mardu Vehicles, or you're probably going to play the two-card combo. Uh, you know, there will be different cards that answer it, but they'll just go into those shells anyway. So I, I don't know. Uh, we'll just have to see what the Pro Tour brings and if the the pros do anything uh, with the new cards. But for now, I'm neutral. I, I, I don't mind that they did this, but we'll have to see what the metagame looks like. And uh, we do have the the post-Pro Tour bannings to fall back on. If uh, everything looks like crap, they'll probably push the button at that point. We said that last time, though. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Maybe you should revive Wizards. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, you forgot to push the button. I think... Um, oh, go ahead, Chads, and then I'll not, say something Yeah, else. I just had a really quick take, and I'm going to just you know say what my quick take was uh, when I posted it on, on Twitter, because I, that's kind of just generally how I feel. I, I'm kind of with Seth, but also with Richard as well. Like I'm neutral. I'm okay with it uh, because there are some some answers in Amonkhet. There are some some cards to consider, even from testing, which I'll go into a little bit as well. Uh, but I was genuinely surpri- uh, surprised that they didn't uh, take care of the cat combo. I, I really was genuinely surprised. Um, and, and while it's a good thing that Amonkhet has a ton of uh, tools. Uh, the, the the issue now that I've been seeing is that four color Sahili can also use all those tools. So it's almost just like you're giving all the tools to the best deck while remaining the best deck. So I I, I don't know. I I think they really had to do something about the cat combo because vehicles. I mean, you can. Uh, there's been there are decks. There's archetypes being brewed. You can you can play against. Uh, vehicles pretty well now. I mean, Manglehorn does a really good job. There are great answers. 
you're playing pretty much, you know, pound for, you know, sizable answers when they are. I mean, you can play a Hazard on turn four or Ronus on turn three. So you're playing some pretty big stuff on curve along with them or, you know, and, or taking out, you know, with a Manglehorn, they don't have a Heart of Kieran. So there's stuff to do against vehicles, but Sahili, it's just like they get all the tools as well, and it's already the best deck, and it still has the combo. So I'm a little concerned, uh, but, you know, and I felt like if you, you made a banning right now, it just opens the floodgates of everyone being super hyped about Amon Ket because then there's no, like, caveat, right? Because now I just feel like I'm going to do a, a whole write-up on all these cards and go through all these cards, and the, the, the caveat is, well, you know, there's a Healy combo. You know, all these cards would be great, but... So, that, that's just kind of my only concern, but I, I guess we'll see. This really does feel like a fingers crossed, hope something happens kind of thing. My, my bigger concern, maybe, and I'm, I'm disappointed because I thought it was going to be a ton of fun to brew if it wasn't for Copycat, for the most part, and now that's sort of off the table for the time being. Like, I think it'll still be fun to brew, but I feel like for the last two months, every deck I've built has come kind of with the same caveat of, like, this deck is really sweet, it's really fun, but if you're going to play Copycat and Mardu Vehicles seven out of every ten rounds, you're not going to, like, have that much success. So it's, like, fun for what it is, but it's not to the level of those decks. So I was hoping we'd be out of those days. But my bigger concern is... We know Wizards didn't, and not any fault of their own, but they they didn't test this format. They couldn't test the format because they changed rotation. They recently said, we're not going to be printing future Future League decks like we always do for the next two sets because our testing is so useless, the decks won't even make sense because we were testing for rotation. We weren't testing for the random bannings, all that stuff. So I... I have a hard time buying the argument that, oh, it's all going to work out because we know that Wizards wasn't able to test it and like figure out or even try to figure out if they it was going to work out and they would have answers that would take care of it. So everything just seems very theoretical and kind of like Wizards just like, eh, we have no idea what's going on. We didn't test this format. We put a magma spray in there and an artifact removal spell. So hopefully this is all okay and it all works out somehow. So I'm a little disappointed <laughs> going back to just like how that whole progression went with them switching rotation so quickly, not testing the standard format. It seems like the process that got us here was very faulty because of all the changes Wizards yeah. made. And, and even going further than that, that would all be great. And, and, and like I just said, that's all great for vehicles and that puts vehicles down to pay. Cause like, I'm just saying, I mean, I was testing you're, you're, you're playing a great curve as well. Now you're just playing a curve. Oh wait, I'm dead on like turn four. And I really couldn't interact because, What's my Manglehorn? I mean, you could just Magma spray it. So it's like, I just delay you one turn. In, in vehicles, you're actually putting them behind. Um, and, and we've all, haven't we not learned from, I mean, uh, Splinter Twin? I, I get it's more efficient, but I mean, it's standard. It's, it's pretty as efficient it's gonna, as it's going to get without being legitimately, you have a Flash creature and you have Splinter Twin. So obviously they couldn't do anything for modern and looking at how much lar larger the, the mana, uh, the card pool is there. I just, I don't know. I, I really was genuinely surprised. And, and like Seth said, I just kind of feel like, you know, I'm holding out hope and not being entirely doom and gloom because we heard that like the development, even though we added the caveat on the glass cast, it wasn't Aether Revolt, it was Kaladesh. 
Like, yeah, they could have put in some last minute stuff, but again, that all feels great for vehicles, but doesn't feel as great for Sahili. But Sahili still gets those answers. So it's even going to be better against vehicles. So now what's going to take Sahili? Like, it's just, I, I don't get it. Uh, modern. Did we care about Death Shadow? Anyone uh, oh. lamenting over the fact that no changes? I think Modern is in a great place. I'm I super happy with Modern. I don't think there should be changes. I don't think Death... To me, Death Shadow doesn't feel oppressive. Like It's the best deck, but it doesn't feel any different to me than any other best deck we've had in Modern. It doesn't feel like oppressive or unbeatable. So I'm very happy with Modern. It's very diverse, very fun. Of course, there's little things like blue isn't as heavily played as it could be. There's these little fringe things. But overall, I think Modern's in a really good place right now. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm fine with no changes. Although I am pretty annoyed that Death Shadow is in literally every deck. <laughs> like literally every deck can play Death Shadow. Because you're playing black, it comes with Thoughtseize. It comes with Street Wraith. It comes with Fetches. So... Like, I joked, like, one week at FNM, this guy's playing, like, a tokens deck, and it's, like, halfway through game two, it's, like, surprise, it's actually a Death Shadows token deck, <laughs> right? And then I'm playing Grixis Delver, it's, like, surprise, it's Grixis Death, uh, Death Shadow. Playing Abzan, it's, like, surprise, it's uh, Abzan Death Shadow. And uh, it's getting a little annoying. I, I wish there was just a, I don't know, like, a, a burn spell, and if, if your opponent controls a creature with power, you know, eight or more or something, it deals, like, eight damage. <laughs> just, just, just to like stick it to them, uh, but condemn is a uh, pretty good. But overall, I'm fine with it. I don't think there's a big problem. It's just you know, it's a tier one deck, and you're gonna see it a lot. Yeah, I think we're still in that state where everyone's just kind of making it work. Um, but I'm kind of leaning towards Seth. Like, yeah, it's really strong, but I kind of feel it's just like it will remain strong. But it's not like you you don't play Death Shadow, you lose. Like there are other options. It wasn't like Eldrazi where it's like five you know 10 different flavors of eldrazi although i guess it is getting there with that shadow but it still doesn't feel like death shadow or nothing yeah i agree okay sensei's divining top banned in legacy rip miracles <laughs> uh, so actually so wizards, wizards doesn't want to fix a broken standard format because it's going to ruin someone's <laughs> 200 dollars but they're fine with crushing people's $3,000 decks after printing Counterbalance Masterpiece this right now. Uh, I don't know. It's probably the right thing to do, but personally, I like Top and I like Miracles. But Well, Star City Games has given you a refund if you, uh, if you bought some Counterbalance Invocation, so there's that. Just probably because <laughs> no one bought the Counterbalance Invocation. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they only yeah. sold like three. <laughs> Maybe. Well, those three people that bought them, uh, you get your refund. So, uh, I, it's a long time coming. It really is a long time coming. Uh, it's it's really just terrible. It, it's been terrible, like just to watch, to play against. I get it. It sucks. I don't think it was really like we can't fix standards, so let's just destroy a three thousand dollar deck. It, it's been something that players have been asking for a long time. We've we've even come on and said that it's just miserable for to watch, like miserable to play against. And my whole thing is it's like it's kind of just you can't win with this because you're gonna destroy one of, if not the only real control deck in Legacy. But at the same time, the control deck was by far the best deck in the format. Like it wasn't even close. 
Oh, I don't know about that. Ah, all right. It, it was still really far, good. It's by far the best deck. But I, yeah, I like it's, Wizards' on. statement. They, they basically said, like, gameplay-wise, top could have stayed. But from a tournament mechanics perspective, it needed to go. And I 100% agree with it. I don't mind that Miracles is a dominating deck, but it is so aggravating to play against. Because of inexperienced players, there is no moto clock. You know, as soon as you see them do their first top, if they're not mechanically efficient, then you can just chalk up, you know, a one hour round with the draw, right? It's like they'll probably win one zero or you guys will draw. So the fact that it takes so long to top every turn uh, just like brings tournaments to a halt. And it's banned from modern because of this. You know, there's no brokenness in modern, but uh, legacy, we have the same issues. So the fact that they banned it to speed up tournaments, speed up gameplay, uh, I'm all for. And the fact that Miracles is one of the best decks and it can take a hit, like fine, right? So I actually am okay with this. I, I'm not strongly for or against, but I am really strongly for you know fixing tournament time. What uh, what tournaments is Wizards concerned about? Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. like what legacy coverage is being ruined by the Sensei's Divining Top? The one GP a year. Listen, Seth, when we see it the one time a year, we don't want to see Sensei's Divining Top. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I, I think it's probably fine. I it's one of those things. Like if they ever banned uh, Blood Moon or Simeon Spirit Guide, let's say Simeon Spirit Guide in Modern, I would know it's probably probably the right thing to do but i would still be a little sad just because i'm a big fan of top and of miracles so i think on a personal level i'm a little bit disappointed but it probably is a good thing uh, overall and for the greater good of the format yeah if if, to- if uh, miracles was like a tier two deck everyone would think it's pretty cool right like oh look you know you're you're using the top to figure <laughs> <Right>. miracles <laughs> and you get free counter spells that's so cool right but because it's a tier one deck it's still aggravating to play against <laughs> Uh, vintage. Yeah. It's not even like a tier one. It's like an S tier, like die. tier zero. <laughs> yeah, vintage, it's- probe and gush banned. Getaxium probe or not banned? Restricted. Sorry. Yeah. Getaxium yeah. probe not long for any format. Legacy <laughs> is its last stronghold. <laughs> Restricted and vintage. WTF. Ah, uh, well, I mean. I don't know uh, like basically anything about vintage. Uh, I have seen some statements about like, is it just like shopless versus shopless at this point? I, I don't know. Uh, others can confirm that for me. But I mean, for me, it's like, I mean, I know Seth had the zinger there, but like, it's even like, does even less people play like vintage? So <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, the, the rationale on this is very confusing. Yeah. Basically, probe just enables mentor. Like, why don't you just ban Mentor? <laughs> like, they're, Because Mentor is the only thing that can beat shops, so they can't ban Mentor. So they're just going to do the Reflector Mage thing and hit Probe for no reason. But they didn't hit so, anything from shops. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently, apparently Mentor was winning the shops battle. I don't know. <laughs> but now it's just shops. Like, Mentor was holding, like, a battle with shops, and now you remove the second best deck. So what's... What's left? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna Shops. stop talking before the angry comments come in. About <laughs> you guys know nothing about vintage. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little weird. weird. It is weird. It is weird. Um, I will say I don't know a ton about vintage either, but the general feeling of vintage players that I've seen on Twitter and stuff, they seem to be okay with it. So maybe it's a, a good thing overall. I haven't yeah. seen too much of an uproar. Most of the vintage players are 
are on board or at least okay with the banning. So basically, whatever Island Swamp says on the website, um, <laughs> I will co-sign. Uh, I'm cool with that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, poor Gitaxium probe just cannot uh, be played. As- I, I just one last <laughs> thing before we move on. Like, I, I get it, and I'm 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 trying to be. Like, I get it before all the negativity comes, and I really apologize, but it's like, I'm trying to be optimistic. I know there's some stuff, but, man, I get to that last paragraph on the ban and restricted announcement page, Aaron, you know, Aaron's typing, and when I just see stuff like, you know, we hope things turn out well, like, uh, just, We, we need know. to let players loose on this format yeah. and hope things turn out well. Well, what players? The pros? I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, is Basically, that what I'm reading between the lines? I mean, they, what they could do is actually hire some pros, <laughs> set, <laughs> yeah. set them loose on the format and not hope things turn out well, but like, uh, turn out well. So, uh, I don't know. So are you confident that whatever six eight weeks from now whenever the next bnr i don't know the actual date off the top of my head if the format is like it is now with two decks will they ban something that time so wait the pro tour would have had to happen right the pro tour will have happened and then what four weeks after the pro tour so i think like six weeks from now would be the next one it it has to happen i mean it literally if they don't i just i don't know i think there's like complete anarchy and everything (laughs) i mean we, we brought this up before if you lose a standard player for one, you know, for one season because it sucks, that's okay if they come back for the next season, right? But if you willy-nilly ban things left and right and lose their confidence and they never come back, then it's a big problem. So Wizards is trying to walk this line. They're like, yeah, it sucks, but if we ban too much, you know, no one's going to play standard. Everyone, you know, remember where Frontier came from. Modern was too expensive. Standard right. sucked. Everyone flocked to Frontier. Yep. Right now that modern's cheaper and there's hope for standard frontier talk has kind of gone away, right? But if people lose confidence in standard again, they'll just go elsewhere. So Wizards has this really fine line to walk, and right now they're leaning on the uh, maybe chop this one up to a loss and wait for uh, you know the next set to fall. Yeah, set. and I get it, and I'm not I'm not really berating them because I, I get it. There's a lot of different voices here. I mean, you have some pros okay with it. Some pros not okay with it that just totally will lose interest. Then you have, like, I see uh, another kind of voice in the FNM grinders that are cool with Sahili because then they'll just bring their vehicles deck and that's no problem. Or if there's a ton of vehicles or Sahili, they'll just bring, like, Teamer Tower. So it's like this kind of trifecta thing. But I think really the general angst is just a lot of, like, attracting the new players and, and growing the player base I mean, when you walk in and you just see, like, Sahili combo, it's, like, not fun at all. Um, I get it. Like, vehicles, you can do some stuff. Uh, it's still linear, aggressive deck. I'll bet it's really good. But Sahili, it's just, like, no interaction. You didn't even, like, it's just turned four, I'm, I'm done. Like, that's not feel good. The, the other thing is, this doesn't rotate in the fall. It rotates it next fall. We have... Yeah. 18 months of this left in standard if they don't do anything like that it's not like they have like i remember coco being oppressive last summer but we were like all right this is miserable but it's only a couple months and then coco will be gone we're not really in that situation with the copycat combo it's got a long time in standard and i i still can't get over the fact that they miss this and that's the most amazing thing to me in all of this is that they that somehow this slipped into the format to begin with. Right. Well, I mean, I'm okay. Like accidents kind of happen, but I mean, then just do something about it. I mean, really, I, I don't, again, I get it. 
it, it's it's tough. Like there's a lot of different. You you don't really know. Kind of your what's that card from actually Amonkhet? Like a uh, decision paralysis. It's pretty much like a decision paralysis. You have so many dissenting, like so many different voices, and then even the pros are like saying different things. But I mean, it, it just it. I I think it just had to go because. Again, you just kind of open up a lot of different things. You get the hype of Amonkhet. You really get a lot of brewing going on. And I mean, what what more data? I mean, what did you do? You really think a deck is going to go from like thirty five percent of the meta down to what, like ten overnight? Like, where do you think? Where's it? How is that possibly going to happen? And the funny thing is, is like I, I think Sahili, that four color Sahili list, can actually stick around as like a value deck. I mean, you still have uh, the Vizier. Thing. So you could pretty much just play like a value deck and you just don't have the combo. So I think it would actually still be pretty is, good. What are we, like five weeks away? What, what, what is the post-Pro uh, Tour banning? So Pro oh. Tour is what, two weeks? Two weeks. Which Band is, is another four weeks from that? Yeah, so I believe that'll right. be the first Six week of, of June. So is that does that put us right before our of Devastation? I'm actually a little confused about that. Yeah, because then, like, our devastation's right around the corner. That releases July 14th. So this announcement will be about just before spoilers are starting, essentially a couple yeah. weeks before spoilers for yeah. our. Oh, Man, wow. we have so many uh, our announcements. So clearly, clearly answers to get a road sign that says ban <laughs> copycat and stick it at Wizards <laughs> HQ. That was actually really funny. Oh, <laughs> because and someone did that for top, and it worked. <laughs> it worked. It worked. <laughs> Hey, all right. So now we'll get to the announcements, uh, the other announcements, uh, more fun announcements. Uh, we got Ixalan, the October set. Um, the has uh, the Hascon announcement, which is uh, Hasbro is going to have their own con. It's going to be in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, Providence. Yeah, Providence. Yep. And they released another master set at the tail end of the year in November. But you can, if you go specifically to Hascon you will get a kind of first exclusive preview, get to play with the cards. They're not putting anything out before then. So literally the first uh, kind of exposure to this set will be at HasCon and whatever people decide to post on uh, the internet at that point. And then we have at the tail end of the year, uh, Commander 2017, or not the tail end, I think it's over the summer, Commander 2017. Uh, There's four decks instead of five, and they're going with a tribal theme. That's what we know. I guess we'll just take this all in one lump. Gentlemen, uh, Richard or Seth, uh, what do you think of all the announcements? What's up with Iconic Masters? <laughs> we're, we're, we're reaching like pretty deep. You know, We had Eternal Masters. We had Modern Masters. What are Iconic cards that are not Eternal or Modern? Are, are we really going to have like Sarah Angels like, in the entire set? I'm so confused with the naming and why they chose to go this route. Is this basically from the vault, but expanded over an entire set? Yeah. To me, it's like iconic. Iconic card can pretty much mean almost anything, I think, to them. But I know that we're going to have some stuff. Richard, don't worry. We got your Sierra Angels for you, Seth. We got <laughs> Shivan Dragon for you. We got some Juggernaut. We got, <sighs> uh, I don't know, Fireball. You know, we got some stuff. This is going to be a really bad set if that's what oh, it is. Yeah. Well, you're gonna, <laughs> because listen, you're uh, gonna if you want to play with Sarah Angels, you can go pick up a welcome deck or whatever oh. from your LGS for free. Yeah. 
there there's very few cards that are iconic that either haven't already been reprinted in master sets like you think tarmogoyf and stuff like that uh jace things like that or are on the reserve list and wizards did come out and say this isn't gonna involve any reserve list cards i it was probably optimistic for anyone to think that would be how it was but when you hear iconic like that's what i think of is either really old you know black lotuses ancestral recalls the original dual lands or like really well-known modern or legacy cards and that I just, I don't know what that'll be. And if they do go the Sarah Angel route in Shivan Dragon, is that going to feel like a, a master set and something that you want to play limited of, which is kind of the calling card of master sets is they're graftable and great limited format. So I'm a little confused. The one thing I do love is the blind pre-release that actually makes me love it. I, I had no interest in Hascon. I figured magic would be some part of it, but it's, I don't care about other Hasbro stuff, but just that pre-release event makes me consider going because it sounds like such a unique and fun and old school experience. So I love that aspect of iconic masters. The rest of it, the other thing is two in a year is a lot for master sets. So hopefully this is just a one time, like we really wanted to have this special event at Hascon. So we kind of got to release the set type thing and not a sign that we're going to get even more master sets moving forward. Yeah. I think that's kind of how it worked out. Um, I'm leaning towards, it's just a special thing, but I'm with you, Seth. I, I love the old school. Like you go in there blind and you kind of know all this stuff. And this was like not even too, too long ago. Uh, you'd have some rumblings of some cards, but really, once you went to the pre-release, you're kind of just, that's where you're getting exposed to the set. But um, So I'm just going to throw out some cards, food for thought for both of you. Uh, when I thought of Iconic, I wanted to kind of gather some cards, so we'll see. Uh, so this was, just I'm just going to go through cards real quick. A article uh, on Channel Fireball in 2014 by John Chabot. T top 20 cards, Lightning Bolt. Balance, Thoughtseize, True Name Nemesis, Source of Plowshares, Time Walk, Tolarian Academy, Dark Confidant, Brainstorm, Tinker, Mana Crypt, Deathrite Shaman, Yogmoth's Will, Jace, The Mind Sculptor, Demonic Tutor, The Moxes, Force of Will, Black Lotus, Soul Ring, Ancestral Recall. So then there's, <laughs> so there's like a wide range of what people think of Iconic. A lot of them are on the reserve list, uh, believe it or not. You got like Damnation, Dark Ritual, Mana Drain, Force of Will, White Knight, Black Knight, Yogmoth's Will, Yogmoth's Bargain, uh, Necropotence, uh, Candelabra, <laughs> Mishra's Workshop, Mana Crypt, Mana Vault, Black Lotus, Soul Ring, Time Walk, Ancestral Recall. So there's a lot, there's a, like a wide range. You can almost say like any card is iconic almost. So that's like kind of what I'm thinking of doing. Most of them. You can't print most of those cards, <laughs> but. There's like Jace the Mind Sculptor. Like, yeah, it's another, like, what? It's its fourth or fifth? No, that, if, or that's really weak. If they put Jace in the set, if they put Tarmogoyf and Noble Hierarch and, like, you know, quote unquote iconic cards, you know, Liliana of the Veil, that would be very weak. Why would they call this iconic masters? They, they should have just called this Eternal Masters 2. <laughs> so I, I think it, it has to be filled with White Knight, Black Knight, Sarah Angel, Juggernaut, Shivan Dragon. So those will be your uncommons and rares, but what are your mythics? And uh, yeah, I can't. I was about to say, me, right? Queen, like, what but... is a good mythic that hasn't been printed yet? And the, the thing is, they're they're selling these for ten dollars a pack. This isn't a cheap yeah. set, so they're 
they have to find value. Like there's going to have to be high end cards. You can't, who's going to buy but, a $240 box of white knights. And yeah, I, I expect there'll be and, a gimmick. There, there it will yeah. be like the entire set are in the old or that. It has to be a new frame. They can't use the old frame because then you just have the old cards. No, but then you put the stamp on it. Oh, it's no longer old. Oh, <laughs> you gotta have no, like. Maybe, a, I think uh, you're the, onto something, Richard. I think that would be it. with the faded colors. And <laughs> oh. right? Yeah, I think there. It's like all invocations or something like that. It won't I be invocations right. exactly, but it'll be like a special frame right. or something just for iconic masters. Because I mean, the point I was getting at is there's not like there's some universal cars that are deemed as iconic, but like I was going down, I was looking through forms like chimney imp. Uh, stuffy dolls. There's one you for you said stifle stasis. Uh, Visardrix. Well, did did you read the announcement though? They specifically mentioned I think it was uh, sphinxes, angels, dragons, and powerful spells, something like right. that. So it sounds like they're going going pretty janky. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it said along alongside other cards. So I think you're going to get like the janky stuff and then just stuff thrown in there. I really do think. You're gonna. It's gonna be iconic masters. You'll get some iconic stuff. It'll probably be all masterpieces or whatever. But you're going to have just some regular stuff in there too. Because, I mean, I get it, iconic. But iconic. I mean, Jason Mind Sculptor is pretty iconic. I don't know. Like, how do you not put that in there? Well, again, let, let me <laughs> let me ask you guys. Are either one of you would either one of you go to Hascon? because of this like is this going to draw people into their convention which i think is one of the big reasons i would go just for like the experience of going in and really just having like the first time of opening all this stuff um i'm not saying how i'll feel five minutes after when i you know buy you know pay forty dollars for a draft and open up shivan dragon as my rare or mythic even i wouldn't feel too good about it but hey (laughs) it's still pretty interesting though so I actually seriously looked into it because like Seth, this lured me in and I'm like, I kind of want to go. Where's Providence? And it's like literally the middle of nowhere. Like there's no direct flight from the West Coast to Providence. Is this like the headquarters of Hasbro? Like why is this? No, has, I don't think so. you, you, I think you just, uh, that's, that's not a good state to have a beef with. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just invited all the Patriots fans and uh, I, I'm these, just uh, saying <laughs> the airlines do not fly direct there. I'm like don't. ten hour flight to go open Sarah Angel. Like, in come fact, on. it's actually a, a longer drive for you, Seth, than it even would be me if I was like driving from where I was in New York. So it's like for me, I think it's like three hours. Yeah, it's probably like five hours for me. Something yeah. like that. Oh, so close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we just have to go back to where I was, just get a car, just boom. I might do it. I might. We'll see. I might. I'm actually going for the My Little Pony uh, exhibits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what other Hasbro IP there is. Monopoly. Is Monopoly going to have a big presence? It'd be cool yeah. to see the other toys at Hascon. You know, some of this stuff I don't even know is on the reserve. Like Meekstone, Mightstone, Mana Flare. If it's good and from an old set, it's probably on the reserve list. <laughs> if it's bad and from an old set, it's probably on the reserve list. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like you never know. Some of the stuff, like a lot of the stuff I know is on there, but some of the stuff I have to double check. But like, they can't print half this stuff, or like ninety percent of it. Uh, Lord of the Pit. Oh man, I don't. Navinrio's disc. No, it was printed in uh, 
the Chroma one. What was that? Bless vs. Curse? That's been in Who Commander knows? decks as well. Uh, yeah, Navinriel's Disc. So, uh... Mana Crypt. So, since Leviathan. we... Leviathan. Oh, my... <laughs> uh, Alright, for, for the next 20 minutes, Chaz will name, name all the cards no one cares about. <laughs> That's gonna be your iconic masters. What do you, all right. what do you all think right. about the Default set? Any thoughts so, on... Ixalan. Ixalan. That's all we know. It's hard to pronounce and hard to spell. So did, no, wait. did they just... I s- okay, go ahead. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Is this the the set that we saw the promo art from? I know the name's different, but do you think it is that set just with a different <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I would, I, and I always say that because it would just make that Mishra's Photoshop a picture like perfect. Like literally, it, even if you could, if they could somehow just print the packs with like the really bad Photoshop, like thumbtack with the new, the new <laughs> set name on there, just do that, please. That would be perfect. If they're listening to this, please do that. I think it. Re- oh, that, I think that, it that is could be the, the second set of this block as well. But usually it's not. Usually, oh, it could be. Yeah. I don't know. Kaladesh no, Ether. Usually the second one is some kind of like verb or something, like some action thing happening. Yeah, it's it's, it's Ixalan block, and then it was so it could be Ixalan the set, and then Atlasan. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> but so more important was the announcement that came staple to this, which is they're debuting Ixalan at Worlds. So there's no Pro Tour until five weeks after the release of the set. And Worlds is where the pros will get the first crack at the set. Wow. And yeah, uh, the announcement is pretty big. Um, I I think um, we've talked about that for quite some time. Uh, I I think pushing it back was the right idea. I think all the pros wanted it pushed back. I think it gives more of a time for people to enjoy uh, just kind of an open door brewing on new sets before kind of the pro tour sculpts everything and everyone just kind of just goes off that. But I think it's, it's really good news. It's, it's just going to be copycat versus Mardu anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, oh yeah, you're right. Because it's going to stick around for like 18 months. So uh, I think it is a good, no, they're, they're going to print like food chain <laughs> combo or something accidentally. in <laughs> Uh, so we all like this. I mean, we talked about this on the the cast before. Yeah, meta game is getting solved too fast. Push back the pro tour, and then you get two standards: one before the pro tour, and one after the pro tour. Pretty much, yeah. I don't. So as long as their marketing doesn't suffer or whatever, you know, players don't get hyped because it's worlds now. I think from a playing player perspective, it's pretty good. Also, I don't think they announced this forever. They're doing it for this set. I don't think they've announced for the future. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and if they adopt it long term. All right. Yeah. Uh, the other Pro Tour change is back to normal top eights. Yes. So instead of the staggered, you get buys in the first round of the top eight. I don't know that it mattered, but I guess we're back to intentionally drawing into the top eight. Is that I, I guess what so. happened? I, the experiment was a failure? I think they said that they didn't actually stop people from intentionally drawing by changing yeah. it, which was their goal. So they might as well right. switch back, basically. Did nothing. All right. And last announcement Commander 2017, only four decks with a tribal theme. So not color based decks, but tribal, uh, tribe based decks. Yep. Why only four? <sighs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. know. It doesn't even no make idea. any sense because I'm like, okay, if you're not tied to color, you know, it, yeah, you know, each you're right. deck will be multicolored, but then you still need five of them anyway. 
are you really going to make like two red decks and like, you know, two white decks and call it a day? <laughs> like, this is so weird. I mean, I, I'm just thinking here. I don't know. I, I didn't know really what to make of that, but maybe they just figured it was better to do it this way, like concentrate on four because like, I don't know, one of them ends up not being very good anyway. I don't know. Unless they're all five color decks. They need to just save some of the janky tribes for iconic masters. <laughs> they didn't have oh. enough janky tribes to go around. No Amarids and uh, <laughs> dwarves and Wait, what, what, uh, what tribes do you think they'll they'll use? Do you think it'll be the top tier tribes like goblins, zombies, elves, etc.? Or janky? Like we're gonna go like minotaurs. I think there tree was some folk. <laughs> I think there was some talk on Twitter and they said that most of them will be common popular tribes, but one would be sort of a surprise. So I'm expecting the typical zombies, elves, goblins mm. with one wild card thrown in. So can there be multiple tribes in each one of these? They could do it like Lorwyn. Or like could be each a really one like a tribal own tribe. <laughs> it's got each one has to have its own tribe, right? If they oh. If you made like a goblin zombie elf deck, would you really call that a tribal deck? Like, yeah, I mean, you're getting a little bit of everything. It's still a tribal deck, and then you can have like just like coat of arms that pretty much wins you the game anyway. I would be severely disappointed if they did that. I mean, I'm severely disappointed regardless because I don't really, I'm not into the whole tribal thing, especially for commander. I just don't do that. I you might have sub tribes, like you might have yeah, that's what a I'm human deck with a sub theme of allies okay. or something. I could see that going yeah. on, but if you had like half the creatures are elves and the other half are zombies, then this is terrible. But you could you could have like a merfolk deck and then like a sub deck like a turtle or crab or something like that. I mean, you could have like an elf tree folk deck where you have like basically yeah. green anthems, and then you have some cards that cross both tribes. So there's like an elf tree folk for some reason, but I feel <laughs> like they're pushing it too far. Like that's not what people want. Like. It's going to be more elves. They're all going to be different color shapeshifter. All going to be different color shapeshifter decks. <laughs> <laughs> the wizard's just trolling us. All, all uh, yeah. Well, you, what you could do is you could do like the Simic thing where you could just like merge like three different cards, like a cat, fish, zombie onto one card. Yeah. Well, one, one other question. Snake Naga? Is that, yeah, is that Snake that? Naga crab. The legendary just, Snake Naga. Are, are we done with From the Vault? Is that over with because um, they have announced I that no no because we didn't have announcement day yet right maybe announcement days when they uh, that know, could... from the vault actually release is it september or something august yeah august which is when hmm. commander well, isn't this year something's coming out in august isn't it commander yeah. commander oh, yeah so then there you go so no i don't think any from the vaults coming out then we have then we still have the commander anthologies coming out right commander anthology is in june yep yeah and i the, would Arch enemy Nicole Bolas or whatever comes out around then to July. Oh right, yeah. There's no way they're gonna slip a from the vault in there. Yeah, I think they replaced <laughs> from the vault with iconic masters. <laughs> 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 oh boy, they oh. better they better do something good with this hype. This Ooh. is this mystery announcement. I just I, I just and if I'm it's just... actually Sarah Angels, like oh boy, <laughs> Stormcrow. Uh, I don't uh, even know what you put. A full set of storm crows, two hundred fifty-six uh, alternate arts. The chimney imp really got me. I'm like, really chimney imp? Well, I don't even. That wasn't even that iconic. Hurloon minotaur, a three mana two three, a, just a vanilla three mana two three. Dude, Iron Claw orc is gonna be in here. <laughs> oh my! 
I'm cool with a invocation. I'm cool with a masterpiece land war elves though. That would be pretty awesome. All right, let us do fish mail to wrap things up. So if you have your questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MDG Fishmail, and we'll answer your questions. So from a token 523S, what if wizards banned combinations of cards from being in a deck rather than a card itself? So you can have Sahili or Paladir Guardian, but not both in the same deck. Yeah, I don't. It, obviously, it's a good idea. I just don't think, like, it just gets really convoluted. I don't, I don't think that's something that they would do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit complicated. And then if you have, like, a, like, you can't do this in modern because you could have, you know, some, some similar effect and it just gets you just have to go so far down the rabbit's hole to, to get that done so next question from gabe wr would ancestral recall be better in vintage if it costs one blue or two converted mana costs one in a blue due to the existence of mental misstep uh probably not i mean i get where you're going there but then it it gets spell snared yeah if, if it was like delve one or something <laughs> but you know it's kind of like the tassiger effect where you still only pay one but it's converted mana cost is actually much higher uh, it might be better but the one mana is probably pretty relevant uh next question paradoxical data i want to build a demir deck for commander but i'm torn between jissa and Giralf and lazav who is more fun Ooh, i mean i know what your answer is rich that's a clear. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, really? Although Lazav is pretty awesome too. <sighs> yeah, I I would go Lazav. I think. I, I think I will too. Because you can like yeah, mill and. You guys are just go. clearly wrong, but okay. <laughs> uh, next question, Yodo seventy seven. Instead of a Magic the Gathering movie, what if they went the route of Marvel and Netflix, uh, make seasons for each character? That would be pretty cool. Like a little animated. Kind of maybe like three episodes per. I think they actually, this is going off topic from Magic, but they actually did that, I guess, fairly well. It wasn't like super amazing, but they did that for uh, the recent Final Fantasy that came out. They did like a little, like, I don't know, five or six episodes to, as like a prequel and it was animated. They could do something like that. I think that would be pretty cool. I think it's all just about the quality, whether it's a yeah. movie or seasons, like, for me, that's all that really matters is how well they actually make it. Because I think either way could be cool. If yeah, it'd be actually be pretty sweet to get like a Thalia movie or something. You, know, you just take one of these random characters and you show their plane and then the planeswalkers kind of just you know do cameos as opposed to being the focus. It's like, here's a regular person living on Innistrad and there's a werewolf eating them. Like stuff like that would be pretty sweet. But they're never going to do it. They're going to make some like big blockbuster magic movie first, if anything. And uh, hopefully it does not suck. Uh, next question from Leander Nice. When will we get a reprint of Imperial Recruiter? Will we ever? Iconic Masters. <laughs> there, there you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> next question. Gabe WR again. What cards save basic lands do you think you've played the most across all your games of Magic? Oh, jeez. Hmm. Well, two that pop to mind are Sphinx's Tutelage and Panharmonicon. I play those those quite a bit. But the honest answer is probably something like Negate that's boring <laughs> and shows up in like every one of my decks, but isn't as cool as Panharmonicon or Tutelage or something. Recently, it's Manatite for you. I, I don't know. That card's like in every one of your decks now. Uh, uh, green cards. Is that your answer, Chaz? <laughs> green my answer. All green cards. I don't know. Really don't. 
Lingering Souls is probably mine. Play that in like every draft deck. <laughs> I actually played Block Constructed for a bit. Standard, Modern, Legacy. <laughs> so I've actually played it in uh, quite a few formats. I'm basically Tom Martell. I think since I've been playing Commander, it probably is now Sylvan Library. I think that's like in literally every single one of my decks. <laughs> OP green draw spells. <laughs> uh, here's uh, the best Twitter handle I've seen in quite a while. Beer of Nylea. I think we are past due for a black-red planeswalker. What abilities would you want to see on a black-red walker? Uh, uh, just take Rakdos Charm and yeah. convert it to a planeswalker. Yeah, there you go. Plus will be, uh, plus will be just everyone discards. Minus will be destroy a creature. Oh, to make it Rakdos, maybe maybe you choose a random opponent and they discard. Midas choose a random opponent and they, they sack a creature. And then Minus, the ultimate is probably some kind of uh, Scrambleverse effect. No. <laughs> yeah, or like sack creatures, deal damage, draw cards kind of combination. I think land destruction Planeswalker would be sweet. Oh, that'd be interesting. Because <laughs> black and red, they're kind of land destruction colors, like negative something stone rain. That could be cool. Yeah, Demonic Tutor, Stone Rain, and Wild then like... Oh, I never realized we never had a Rakdos Planeswalker. We actually Are there had. other color combinations we, we don't? We have... We have yeah, Duretti, we, we had one I, in Rise of Eldrazi. And also the new Duretti from Commander. We have actually two oh, yeah, true. Planeswalkers. Oh, you're right. But we oh, haven't had right. one in Standard in a long time. Yeah, All right. last one was Sarkhan, the Mad. At K Malsum with the B and R, do you think... Almond cat prices will fall off the cliff. Seth, have you sold all your pre-orders? <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> play, don't have to worry about that now. <laughs> is I, this the thing? Is this going to happen? I think the price of the set is already low because people were being conservative based on the potential of no banning. So I don't think they're going to fall considerably because they were already pretty low for a set that's just been spoiled as in, and is in pre-release period. All right. Uh, from Random Keho, is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hamburger a sandwich? Is a burrito a sandwich? Oh, jeez. No. no, 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 no. None of, no, none no, of no. the above. Yep, totally agree. <sighs> My traditional view of what a sandwich has been does not fit these, but... I don't Listen, you have two you have two slices of bread, some cold cuts, and you put some condiments on it. That was like a sandwich. I guess these are sandwiches. I, oh. I I don't know, but this this is like a new this is like a new fangled <laughs> idea of what a of a sandwich is. I'm kind of like the traditional. You go to the deli, you get some cold cuts, you put some cheese and stuff on there, you put some mustard or whatever, mayonnaise, Russian dressing, whatever you do, and it's between two pieces of bread, and that's a sandwich. I I don't know. I guess here's I, I how I judge it. If, if if you're standing there and there's a hot dog on the table, and I say, are you gonna eat that sandwich? Are you going to be confused or not? If you're confused, I, then clearly it is not a sandwich. I would look at you, but not respond. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's why a hot dog is not a sandwich. I actually asked my friend this question. He said, if you turn the, sandwich, if you turn the hot dog sideways, it's a sandwich. I was like, okay. It kind of makes sense. So maybe if you turn all these things sideways, they're a sandwich. <laughs> all right. <I> don't know. <laughs> Next question from Random Keho. Pro Tour schedule, with the, new, with the new Pro Tour schedule, how will it affect the price of cards in the new set? 
Actually, this was interesting because um, I don't know. Uh, we didn't get to talk about this, Seth, but um, <clears throat> with a longer period of time um, without the Pro Tour, normally cards just kind of decrease, you know, from pre-orders since release. Uh, some cards will spike just due to you know the kind of the new hype of the first few weeks of them being good in in standard, but uh, it actually will give a longer time period for cards to continue to decrease if they're not being used. So let's just say some sleeper card is not used and ends up being used at the Pro Tour. You probably could pick them, have picked them up for considerably cheaper than you would have normally. That's true. I also wonder if the spikes will be less intense because there'll be more supply available. I think one right. of the reasons we see the really crazy Pro Tour spikes is because the Pro Tour usually happens a week or two after the set's released, and then you don't actually have that much supply out there. But if it's going to be five weeks after set release, you're kind of already near peak supply. So I don't think you're going to see as big of price increases from the breakout cards compared to past Pro Tours. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, a month of opening product. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still think there, there will be spikes, but I, I agree. They won't be as intense. Uh, because the cards will already have been pretty low to begin with. All right, next question from Darkness Zora. Would reprinting the original duels affect the price? Uh, white border, I think, yes, especially revised. But black border, no. I don't think it would make a bit of difference. All right. Uh, Dave Quayle, uh, I have a sealed box of Modern Masters 3. Is it a worthwhile investment, or should I open the box? I, I think you should... I, I just don't see these as being as lucrative of, as the you know as they progressively come out. I just don't think they're as great of a long term hold the seal product as they once were. I mean, I think you can still get what twenty fifteen for basically MSRP. Yeah, they're around two twenty ish. So yeah, yeah. So I just I just might as well just crack it. I mean, it's a good set. The thing is, a lot of the chase cards could. <laughs> like fetches could end up being in the next modern masters and like decreasing in value. So I don't know. I think I would lean towards just opening it. Cause it's fun personally. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dave S why do you play magic? Please no shallow answers. Like, because it's fun. <sighs> that was my answer. Um, <laughs> that's the real answer. <laughs> uh, I like, I like uh, fantasy type things. Lord of the Rings, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so I, I like playing with zombies and orcs and stuff like that. Although there are no orcs in Magic anymore, we'll just forget about that. <laughs> for for me, I think I always like strategy games uh, ever since I was a kid, and then I really got into poker. And I guess Magic kind of combines those two things. You have the the variants of poker, which makes for exciting games and interesting interactions but you also have a lot of the the hardcore strategy game aspects as well uh, especially with like building decks and trying to like uh, plan ahead with that so I think it just combines two things that I've always really liked and it's I think the best game at combining both of those things so yeah for me uh, it's the same thing I mean I was always into strategy games even uh, I mean really Long, this is a long time ago. I mean, RTSs, uh, Warcraft, Starcraft. And this was basically the only card game that I saw, I mean, at the time, that was above and beyond any other kind of strategy-like card game that I knew of and really loved the art, 
really loved the fantasy settings. I actually really kind of just loved, as I learned the game, everything was just really intuitive and made sense, and it was cool, and I just kind of just stuck with it. Um, even now, I, I still think Magic is above and beyond any other card game uh, that you could play, even Hearthstone. Uh, I know I reference it a lot. I know we, we talk about it a lot, but, I mean, to me, Magic is still the best card game. Um, it will always remain that way, and I just loved taking, like, all those things that I loved in other games, I loved it having it be physically in my hands, playing it, you know, playing against an opponent, making decisions. I loved all of it. All right, and last questions from Brian F. Do you think most tribal decks are just worse versions of Merfolk? I'm assuming this is modern. <laughs> oh, <laughs> about to come in with a commander answer because I still don't understand why people like I get it but uh, it just seems really boring for commander I don't know what, uh, so, what was so, the question I'm sorry are most tribal decks just first versions of Merfolk oh uh, in modern yeah yeah, but I, I think you can say this for most things. Like, Esper Control is just a worse version of Jeskai Control. Like, yeah, right? If you're not a Tier 1 deck, literally every deck is just a worse version of some Tier 1 deck. So, yes, in that sense, this argument's always correct. But, I mean, if you play Zombies, the game plan is slightly different than if you're trying to play Merfolk. So, I would just say it's just a worse deck as opposed <laughs> to a worser version of Merfolk. So I, I don't know. Depends on which deck you're talking about. If you're trying to play a a blue-based tempo aggro deck, yeah, it's probably worse than Merfolk. But I think like zombies or goblins or slivers, even like those kind of decks, they're they're slightly different than the Merfolk version. I mean, elves is a great example because that's kind of like a combo deck, and Merfolk is is kind of just a lord pump up your creatures deck. So I think you're right in that sense. But I think M Merfolk is the best tribal deck. Is it the is, best Ether Vial deck? Because <laughs> no. I think a lot, a lot of the arguments are: is it the best Ether Vial deck or not? As opposed to being tribal based, I think it's the best Lord deck. I think the best Vile deck is probably some sort of taxes list, Eldrazi and taxes or something. All right, so that's all of our fish meal for this week. If you have any questions, be sure to send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Meal. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, we had a lot to talk about, and we covered everything, including fish mail. Thanks, everyone, for sending those in. Yeah, st stay tuned. Seth, you got a stream here soon as we're recording, uh, but uh, you should check that out. Yeah, I'm excited. Excited to finally play some Amonkai. I think it's going to awesome. be a lot of fun. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be great. Uh, so I think that's about it. This is going to be the Goldfish Crew signing out. We will see you all next time. <laughs>